Welcome to the Making Space Podcast. I'm Jen Pillipow, and this show is dedicated to bringing awareness to our habits and their root causes, because I believe that with awareness comes choice, and with choice comes change. And as a hypnotherapist, I know how much our subconscious minds influence us, but as a human on my own healing journey, I also know it's not always just about mindset. I understand how important integration and embodiment is and how those terms can feel confusing and hard to implement. These are the themes that I like to unpack in this show. This is season three, and I'm joined with my dear friend and colleague, Jennifer Kelly. Jennifer is a professional development trainer and positive psychology coach, and together we're exploring the effects of people-pleasing from our own perspectives, experiences, and circumstances. We hope our conversation sparks some insight in you. Thank you so much for joining us today. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Inner Child Reparenting Workshop, now available on my website. If you have trouble with boundaries and saying no, if you have a harsh inner critic and unreasonably high expectations of yourself, if you're highly anxious and you worry constantly about what other people are going to think about you, and if you continually ignore and distract your intense emotions and your needs, then these are all signs that your inner child could use some reparenting and you are the best person to do this. This workshop will help you connect in, actively reparent, and work towards honoring and accepting this part of you. And by connecting into your emotions, you're embodying while releasing old belief systems, making space for fresh new perspectives, choices, and change. This workshop is available now, and you can get the link in the show notes or visit my website at jenpillipow.com. Also, if you are interested in a people-pleasing workshop delivered by Jennifer and I, we would love to know. So head over to the show notes, submit your interest, and let us know that we should get on creating that. And finally, if you're liking this show, please hit subscribe because this does help raise visibility so that other people can find it too. And that would mean so much to us. Let's go to the show. Have you had any thoughts for our last you know, like, I guess, last insights, last talk. I did. I was thinking about how many times that we were talking in the episodes and we're like, oh, it's hard or like, what do you do? And I know that we had come up with a lot of different, you know, tools and different practices that were helpful. And it also made me think a little bit about the nervous system response. And I did a solo episode on this, actually talking about the freeze response, because there is a part of me that sometimes freezes in situations. And then it's almost like I default to people pleasing because I'm just frozen. So then I'm just like nodding along. <laughs> but the other one that's really interesting is the fawn response. Have you heard of that? No. So the fawn response is basically like people pleasing. And I'll put a link to this in the show notes. Um, Irene Lyon has a lot of great videos about it, but this is, this is really connected to the, the fight for survival, but the way it comes out is in a fawning way where you are just agreeing with the other person or you're setting your personality aside or shifting it to be in compliance with them so that you can connect because the connection is pure survival. Wow. Yeah. It seems really relevant to what we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, 
that usually starts in childhood because we have, we feel we have so little control and we just need to be connected just to survive. And so over time, when we get to adults and we've been doing this our whole lives, it's easy to forget who we really are because we've just been playing it safe just to make these connections, even though they're inauthentic, at least they're connection and at least that's safe. Interesting. So yeah, it's hard, right? I mean, we can, we can say, set a boundary, say no. If you want to say no, don't say yes, but it's not always that simple. And that's why sometimes it can feel so hard because at this nervous system primal level, we're like, but we need to connect to survive. But, but what if the, but yet I, I hear in this as well, this, uh, this concept or this idea, like, even if the connection is not an authentic one, like I'm struggling with that one a little bit, maybe I need, you need to break that down a bit for me. So even if it's not an authentic one, what do you mean? Yeah, like even if we're connecting because we're forcing ourselves to because we don't want to disappoint someone. Yeah, well, it's it's an inauthentic connection because that person isn't getting to know the true you. They're getting to know what mask you're putting on for them. So it's authentic in the way of, um, you know, trying to survive, but it's it's not an authentic expression of who you are. And over time, you would not be able to evolve into your own gifts and strengths and talents. Right. You, you can't sustain it. Well, I mean, yeah, you can. I mean, I have certainly sustained some pretty inauthentic connections just based on like being what the other person, what I think they want me to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's detrimental to the self because you, you start to forget who you are. Yeah. And I can definitely relate to that. I I feel that I've done that in the past with these friendships that I mentioned way back in the very first episode, Uh, you know, connecting with colleagues or friends that in the end proved detrimental to my growth, uh, Mm -hmm. who were false friends, so to speak. Uh, But yet I gave them so much of my attention and time and energy and it's, it's strange though, because I felt like I was being real <laughs> with these individuals, but yet they all betrayed me, I feel, I perceive, in one way or another. So then to go back to the first episode, I'm like, well, why can't I see this? And I think it was because people pleasing had become so natural to me that it had the illusion of being authentic. Yeah, exactly. Because this is the part of it being that you, you don't really know who you are. You start to forget who you are Good, because you're so focused on what you need to be for the other person. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And yeah, that would actually explain um, a lot for me because just then when I was articulating that, it really struck me that I was like, but yet I felt like I was being myself, but I don't think I was, I was, you know, I was, I had the mask of people pleasing on and it had become so natural and and instinctive for me that yes, I lost the real sense of of who I am. And I worry I'm still doing that now. I think that's what ultimately still concerns me. 
you know, I see progress in my development, more awareness, but I worry that in certain situations, I'm still drawing out that people pleasing mask and, and not even knowing it. Yeah. I, I feel like it takes some time and, and that there's like, there's some work. Okay. So I think that some people are maybe able to just have an awareness around it and realize, Oh, I just need to make a boundary here and they can go forward with that. I think it depends how deep it goes. And then for other people, it's going to be like, okay, I have this awareness. I know that I'm doing it. I know that I can create boundaries, but I still can't. And I'm still stuck. And I think that's the nervous system, like really healing into how do I feel safe and trusting that you would be safe to say no, that you will still survive. Right. Yeah. And again, that goes back to, like you just said, self-trust, but also self-compassion. Yes. Yeah. I think there has to be so much of it. And that's one of the tools that we talked about. And just to be letting ourselves know that even in the missteps, even when we choose to still people, please, even when we still even when we know we're saying yes and we wish we could say no, that we're still doing the best that we can. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And I want to make sure, I guess for me, that I am still doing the best that I can. And and that's the part I still feel really blurry on. Mm -hmm. Like even with work, which I just mentioned earlier, I mean, I kind of laughed it off when I said, you know, I say yes to everything or else I find you take a lot of time to do an inner reflection. Is this right for me now? I don't do that. Like I just don't. And I think some of it might be my personality. I've I've got that kind of driven high energy, you know, launch into the pool from, from like the highest dive board. I I think that's a little bit of personality at work, but then I, I think there's something else behind it. And I just wonder in trying to collect clients, am I just trying to collect, right? Ultimately I'm saying yes, because I know it'll help the person or they'll like me more. They'll turn to me more. And, and that really worries me. No, I want to go back to something you said about before how your you had friendships that you felt that you were being authentic, but then they didn't work out. And how in the last episode, we talked about that quote from Rebecca Campbell and how she was saying, you'll be wasting both your time and theirs and likely inflict unnecessary wounds, which take precious time to heal. And I, I feel like those situations like that. And I have some too, they do need healing and it's not to just be glossed over and to be, and to be upset at ourselves. Like, why did I do that? And to have regret, like, of course, all those emotions still happen, but to also realize that, you know, I reacted in the way that I did because I didn't feel safe Mm. and just to bring in some compassion around that. And, and to know that the more awareness we bring to it, the more we are healing, even if things don't change right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good perspective. Um, I think, you know, again, for me, I apply my kind of perfectionist type A standards to things that I'm working on. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for, okay, where's the end date to this? And like, you know, where's my progress bar? I know, <laughs> I know. I wish, we, <laughs> wouldn't that be great if we had a progress bar for our healing and be like, you're 50% of the way there and there's an end. <laughs> create that app. We should become innovators. 
(laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I know. I mean, I was thinking earlier, like, you know, what is my goal with trying to improve this? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah. what What is my purpose? Yeah. I think for me, strangely, what came up is just improved self-care. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. just, I'm, I'm wearing myself down, you know, looking after multiple people, you know, because I play a caregiver role still with my aunt and, and my mother and then, you know, looking after their household and things like that. And then I'm trying to look after clients. I'm trying to get new clients and yeah, just that. And again, I do this jumping thing where I automatically jump and I just want to take better care of myself. Mm-hmm. And I wonder maybe if I'm starting a bit backward, <laughs> maybe by starting from that place, like giving myself the self-care and compassion first, that will actually slow me down and I'll jump off a lower <laughs> Um, I'll take more time to get to the diving board if I'm focused on caring for my own self. Yeah, that's a great perspective. Yeah, I think for me, it's like just, again, how do I, the preventative, I think is what I'm looking for. Like, Mm. not, yeah. So it's so interesting because I I had a client this morning that was talking about um, this negative coping mechanism she has that she wants to stop we did some hypnosis and we were talking to the part of her that was created to help her cope. Mm -hmm. And in the end, she said that I used to think that I I used to have to quit cold Turkey. I didn't realize it could be slower. And I think there's so much freedom in that because just like people pleasing, like it's, if it's a trauma response, right. If we're, if it's a fawn response, and we're doing it for like pure survival. If we try to quit cold Turkey, that isn't going to feel safe. It's not going to be sustainable Mm. and it's going to be really jarring and it'll swing the pendulum all the other way, right? Like I've seen this too. And I saw this in myself when I first had an awareness around this, how I would be really abrupt and direct to everybody and really rude about saying no, because I wasn't practiced in it. And I knew I had to get it out. And so I would just be rude about it. And uh, I think I'm coming kind of back into the center now, but that took some time. And to just recognize in ourselves that this is deep healing and it does take time and to maybe take the barometer away from it or the measurement away from it. And like you said, just go back to that original impetus of, I just want to take better care of myself. I want to care more for myself. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's really wise. I mean, I'm curious about how you're able, you know, to slow down, I guess your decision-making process. Like, I mean, in terms of, you know, jumping on, whether it's a new angle for your business or like, you just seem again, you, you you will slow that down. You will carefully consider how it impacts you. Is it an authentic decision? Like, how do you get to that place? I like the the compliment of it sounding like I have it all together because I don't, but a lot of it has come from doing it the wrong way and learning the hard way. Hmm. And then also I have done a lot of work on my nervous system 
to find that safety within and not rely on my safety coming from how productive I am, how worthy other people see me. If other people like me, that is going to be a work in progress, you know, probably the rest of my life, but I've made some good headway. And just from acknowledging and bringing awareness to what does trigger me. So oftentimes I'll ask myself after the trigger, after something has gone wrong, I'll say, when did things stop feeling right? And then I'll piece it back and I'll realize that's my trigger. And now I know how I react. Can I practice being in that moment and slowing it down and pausing? And it's taken some time, um, but a lot of it is the awareness. And that's why I feel like this podcast season is so valuable because sure, we're not fixing anything here. We're not healing anybody's nervous system, but we are bringing awareness to what we do have control over. And that's our thoughts and our actions. And um, just by bringing awareness and talking about it, we can start to make some shifts Mm -hmm. and it's not cold Turkey. We're not going to be able to flip it and just be exactly how we want to be, but we get to make different choices sometimes and then take momentum from that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that really encapsulates everything that we've been, I guess, trying to work towards even in in this podcast. And like last week, we talked about, I guess, collecting all the different skills and strategies. Yeah. When you just uh, talked through that last point, the first thing you said was like making that space. And that brings me to one of our core earlier strategies that we um, invented or came up with, which was putting that in an actual calendar, like blocking, right. yeah, blocking out a piece in your calendar to say space or you know, whatever uh, type of language you wanted to use. Yeah. yeah. Indicate that this is now time to reflect and take that pause and think through mm-hmm. whatever it is, a decision or, or someone waiting on an answer, a carving out that time. And it can yeah. also be self-care as well you know, logging that into the calendar, yeah. like yeah. my time to reflect or take care, care of myself. I, I really like that. Yeah. I really like that too. And, you know, just to go back to what you said about how I don't immediately jump at opportunity. Part of that is um, also just a fear because of, and, and you'll know, you know, my history and my last corporate job and how um, I said yes to everything and way over delivered and how much that hurt not only my physical body but my mindset my emotional health and how many years it took me to recover from that so I think that there is a real hesitation just out of pure fear that I'll put myself in that situation again and so it's almost like I'm taking that self-care a little bit too far like that pendulum does need to come a little back back more in the middle where I'm, um, I'm not afraid to be too busy again. That's so interesting. Like, I, I like how you identified like what the, I guess what's driving Yeah, <laughs> some of that. Right. And, and I think like, as you were talking, I was thinking, you know, when you can unmask what's sort of behind an action or a behavior or a thought process and, and whether you connect it back to past experiences you have. Um, I think it's so revealing because then we get to choose a different response. Yes. And I, yeah. And I wonder for me, 
if I haven't, I guess, explored as much when it comes to my work side as I have been doing with kind of the interpersonal side. Mm. The last few weeks that we've been doing this, I've kind of been focusing on reducing or I I know I try to get away from this, (laughs) this uh, perfectionist language, but (laughs) that I keep coming up with it, but like trying to minimize or, or at least recognize instances where I'm people pleasing in an interpersonal relationship, but I haven't done that with my work, Hmm. which is interesting. And I'm thinking, well, what is it? I, I acknowledge that some of it's my personality and I like you know, things buzzing around and and all of that. But then what else is there? And if I had to strip it away, it's like the fear of disappointing someone. And again, they think less of me. Mm. Even if it's a client that I may not necessarily need or want to Mm -hmm. work with. Mm -hmm. So there it is again, right? I feel like I'm discovering another area where people pleasing is probably working. It's, it's black magic. (laughs) I don't even know. (laughs) Like that. I know. Yeah. It's just, it's so subconscious. It's so ingrained. Where do you think that comes from for you on the work side? I think it's, it's an easy answer to say, well, obviously as a consultant, I don't know where my work is coming from, you know, that sort of, I guess, fear that drives both of us really, right? If we don't have enough work coming Mm -hmm. in, like it could spell financial disaster. Mm -hmm. I think that bears with a lot of consultants. I feel, but I feel like that's the easy answer. You know, I, I think there's more to it. And I think it just connects back to the same reasons that I engage in people pleasing in my interpersonal relationships, because Again, it's that feeling that what we offer authentically isn't good enough Mm -hmm. or, Mm -hmm. you know, in my case, if I didn't do something right or the way I was expected, I was punished for that. Right. And just like how you talked about in your um, experience, like emotions weren't exactly embraced or accepted. So all of these things embed into our belief system, like Mm -hmm. we've discussed so many times. Mm -hmm. So I know you do a lot of reflection after you complete a contract or you complete a quarter, do you reflect on what you would do differently or if you would continue taking on that client in the future or? Yeah, that's a really good suggestion. And it's something that um, I've been reading this really interesting book on different teaching styles. And, and that was a really big recommendation, like after each contract or session, like reflect, I'm, I'm not doing it, but I want to do that because I think I can feel authentically when something isn't right for me. But again, just like I do when I agree to go out for the drive or whatever with someone, um, I'll then I'll try try to avoid that feeling. You know, yeah, I think I need to sit with this a little bit more. um, Which brings me back to one of our other suggestions, which was kind of before we agree Um, or I guess in this case, more so me now is to just say what, and this is a classic tip. Can I, you know, I'll get back to you or I'd like to think about it. I need to look at my calendar. So give ourselves that little bit of wiggle room and then think through, is this in the best interests of where I am right now? Even if it is something as simple as meeting up with a friend for a drive or in a larger case, taking a big contract. Mm hmm. I was thinking about how, like, energetically speaking, when I see clients, afterwards, I always 
cut cords so I don't continue to carry their energy, which is really important after coaching or Reiki or hypnotherapy. I don't want to carry everyone's trauma around with me. And I, I would always do it right afterwards, but it wouldn't work because I still needed time afterwards to reflect on it. How did the session go? What could I have done better? What didn't work? What did I notice? What would I do different next time? And so I, in going back and continually thinking about it, I would reconnect the cords. And so what I've learned is that I need decompression time after clients to review it, go over it. What did I learn? And then cut cords. Mm. And what a realization that came to me was that the more that I do that, the more I open up space for new clients to come in because my energy isn't clogged up. Right. Yeah. I, that's, that's really good. I can see that working for interpersonal relationships too. Mm. You know, I feel like I have all the, I guess like the self-awareness and all of that to be doing this, but it's like, it's, I'm trapped in this cycle. It's like, well, I don't do this because, well, one of the reasons is I'm, I'm so packed all the time because they ingest everything. (laughs) So, you know, I just, I'd like, yeah, I need to curve. There's that word, the need, but I I would like to curve out time for that reflection piece. Cause I think you're right. I think it would help me sort through a lot and it would give me a renewed sense of energy. And then I would be more apt at taking in what I really want. Um, yeah. And also just having a lot of compassion for yourself in that. I mean, how long have this, has this been in your awareness? You know, the behaviors have really been there for it's, but like only recently since we first, you know, started embarking on this journey. And, and now really only like yesterday, I started piecing together that I'm doing it with my contracts as well. Yeah. And so I feel like, um, you know, the first, phase of this is really exploratory and understanding it and bringing awareness to it and to give yourself as much space as you need to be in this phase that doesn't involve change. This is not the phase where you change. This is the phase where you bring awareness and understanding. Interesting. Look again, how I'm trying to leap to the, Oh, I know. Cause I do it too. <laughs> I know we're like, I, I too am so wired for perfectionism, all or nothing, make it happen, be successful, be loved. (laughs) Like that's all intertwined in my mind. Um, and it takes effort and awareness to Mm -hmm. separate those ideas because they are separate ideas. They don't belong linked together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it brings up another one of our our strategies, the idea again of connecting back in with the body and how we're feeling Mm -hmm. at the moment. Mm -hmm. And that's where it's like, first is the pause, right? Creating space for the pause. And then it's tuning into how the body's feeling in that moment when you're considering, you know, going out with the people on the street to Mm -hmm. to reference an earlier episode example, or taking a contract and then, and as well as the inner dialogue and, I said this when you introduced that concept last time, but I find that's really interesting to me because I'm good with up here, but I don't do that type Mm -hmm. of focus in the body. 
Yeah, that's so great. And I've been really working with that too, especially since understanding my attachment style being like detached avoidant. I've Mm -hmm. been thinking about how difficult it can feel and how scary it can feel to connect with people and, um, and learning to connect to myself and my emotions, but also connecting to what I'm doing, because what I'm often doing is, you know, even if it's uh, things that I, I'll use a work day for an example, even though it's things that I love to do, I'm, I find myself rushing through it, not enjoying it to get somewhere to be productive when that's not the purpose. Like the purpose is to actually enjoy what I'm doing. And so what I've been trying to do is connect into my body while I'm doing things. And it is a completely different experience, but it is so not natural (laughs) for me. (laughs) And I I think it would be even more painful for me because, (laughs) you know, I'm just so go, go and Yeah. Like I'm just so used to get giving myself a gold star for completing a to-do list. Yes. (laughs) But that, but there's no enjoyment. And I, you know, there's so many times over the years where I've thought that, where it's just like everything I do is for some purpose. Like I exercise to be healthy. I go to work to make money. I do this for that. And, And the only thing that I now recently just have in my life that doesn't meet that criteria is painting because I don't do it for work and I do it for pure enjoyment. And do you know how much I do it? Hardly ever (laughs) because it doesn't serve a purpose. It doesn't bring me productivity or love or money or, (laughs) Oh my gosh. You know, that's so, I know I can really relate to that. I know. And, (laughs) but it's like, it does offer a purpose. It's just a different type. It's a healing purpose, right? Yeah. 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 I know. So that's my work right now is like connecting to what I'm doing, connecting into my body. How does it feel? And, um, and less of just results oriented, like more relational, less transactional. Oh, I love that. I love that model. I use that in in my mindful leadership course. Uh, Yeah. Relational versus transactional. And I think too, it it also goes back to just giving ourselves permission, Mm -hmm. giving ourselves permission, not to be uh, always (laughs) being purposeful or, or, you know, I'm driven, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And, and just to paint, (laughs) you know, to paint. And in my case, and I think we've touched on this before in our personal conversations, uh, I don't, I feel like I haven't found my painting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think it used to be maybe thinging for me, but that I, you know, I link with my father and and I don't know if I could get that back, but I I would like to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause even when I'm say, just like recreationally watching television, et cetera, like I feel like, oh, I've wasted all this. Like, I I don't know how to, I'm just, you know, I feel like again, because I'm so used to being in purpose mode Mm -hmm. that it's, I need to really talk myself in to giving myself the permission to rest. And I wonder now if again, tuning into my body would help me with some of that messaging. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if I feel like there's um, like the term embodiment gets thrown around so much online these days. And it's a little bit confusing. Like I still feel a little bit confused by it, but to me, it just means 
connecting in with myself to see what am I experiencing? What am I feeling? What am I sensing? And then once, and I have, I think I told you, I've got a client gave me this book, the dictionary of emotions. And so sometimes I'll flip through that and be like, what am I feeling and get really get the nuance of it. And then just giving that feeling details. Is there a color? Is there a shape? Is there a size? Is there texture? Yeah, I really like that. And I think we can do that when we're falling into the people pleasing pit Mm -hmm. (laughs) as well. Like, you know, what's coming up for us in in this moment? What are we feeling? What does it look like? Is it a memory that comes to mind? Is it a you know, a sensation or a color and just identifying that. And then it's all about, like we talked about last week, that the, the power of being able to choose a, not just a different response, but an authentic response mm-hmm. but that we're responding based on who we are authentically. And that includes protecting our own needs and working from our own needs, like what's mm-hmm. best for us in this piece of time. Yeah. And it's just so important to healing, to self-care. And like you have said, and we've both talked about better relationships. Uh, and then, like I said before in previous episodes, like minimizing the ethics risks of people yeah. <laughs> and wasting people's time, like you pointed out. and or, or like we've also discussed, like setting people up to think that, oh, we're their best friend. But in actuality... <laughs> we're trying to run as fast as we can. It's not fair. It's not nice for us or them. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it takes up unnecessary space in your life that could be used for, you know, people that you really connect with Mm -hmm. that do accept you for everything. Yeah. So in terms of like, cause in my mind, of course, as I've said before, I feel like you're so far ahead Uh, you know, what would be, I guess, closing actions for you or going forward from all this, what we've worked on, Mm -hmm. you know, what, I guess, piece are you going to try to implement or you've grown Mm -hmm. some awareness on? I'm just really curious. Yeah, for me, it's the embodiment. It's the connection, connection to myself, connection to what I'm doing and feeling it in the body. That's where I really need more practice. Mm, Interesting. How about for you? I think I'd like to go beyond just recognition and maybe start maybe some journaling around it, uh, the tuning into the feelings and trying to name them more and just doing that inner work. And, And, you know, I have to admit, it feels frightening to me to sit and think, is this work really appropriate for me? Because and that's that place of fear. If I turn it down and I can relate to some of your stories about your past work, like if you turn it down, there's just this fear of like mm-hmm. being vulnerable, whether it's being vulnerable financially or the person doesn't think as well of you. It takes a lot of courage to, yeah. to speak your truth and to do what's mm-hmm. best for you. It takes courage for us anyway. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. And, and maybe you find safer places to practice first before just going like big. <laughs> That's a really good point. Yeah. And I think you've been doing that. You've been doing a little bit of testing the waters with people that you already feel safe with. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think I've gotten better, even if you just compare, I mean, at during the summer, it was a little bit easier for me to coordinate our dates, but as it went on, it became more complicated 
And last week you just asked me, it's like, well, what would work for you? And it was just like, oh, I think what I really need is um, instead of just sort of panicking or trying to, you know, I'd like to continue with that. I feel like I made a little bit of a breakthrough around my scheduling piece. Yeah, yeah because, that's amazing. Yeah, like even with, um, you know, taking care of my aunt and my mom, like again, you know, I'm just like, I don't even think, does this work for me? But now I notice that I actually do think about that first. And I think that came from our work. Mm. And you also gave me that chance. Like you gave me permission to, to do that. And there was something inspiring about that where I was like, well, I'm going to give myself permission. Like you worked with me. Um, and you kind of gave me the space to actually think, okay, <laughs> this person's actually letting me think about what's best for me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do that. And I want to keep doing that. Yeah. I think that's amazing. That's an amazing foundation. And also just to bring back into perspective, this is still a fairly new awareness for you. Like we're talking weeks, right? Uh, yes, that's true. That's and, true. And you've been doing it for how long? And so just giving yourself, you know, a really good lengthy grace period. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then also, you know, recording my progress. I think that's something mm. else we've both been doing. Uh, I'm just trying to kind of think again, like our collection of strategies. So making space and actually putting that, the word space in your calendar um, or other mantras to remind ourselves to take yeah. that pause. Yeah, I like that. Comes to making a decision or um, engaging in an action or behavior, uh, reflection, journaling, tuning into the body, identifying the feeling and sensation first. And remembering to be self-compassionate <laughs> that this is going to be challenging. Mm -hmm. I think just, again, that tuning in, like finding the inner voice that is saying what's authentic for you versus the fear voice, you know, because yeah. fear, I think we really uh, did a good job of identifying what's behind people pleasing that feeling of not being worthy or risking that they're going to dislike you and the discomfort of conflict, mm -hmm. the fear of conflict. You know, I think we know why we're doing it. Um, but we need to kind of maybe I'd like to give myself more reasons to not do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a really beautiful summary. <laughs> Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been transformational. You know, I can't wait till we get into other topics. Me too. To break them down and and maybe, you know, we'll have a people-pleasing sequel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or a workshop or something. Yeah, yeah. You know, as a closing thing, one thing I did notice, and I'm sure this is my you might find this about yourself as well, but I'm really good at giving these messages to others right and I mean you wouldn't know I'm like a pro at it like when I'm teaching or someone will bring up well I'm afraid to broach a topic or I'm afraid to set a boundary and I'll, I'll go into this you know healthy boundaries we all have a right and I'm just like I do the same thing I know I'm like oh. I hear myself saying the words but <laughs> Yeah, I don't exactly live it all the time. <laughs> and I wonder again if it's just, you know, we're so quick to give permissions to others, yeah, but not as big. much as ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's huge. And I think that is also when we keep saying it, it's a self-compassion piece. Like we're so much nicer to other people than we are to ourselves, even people we don't like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Love it.
Well, we've uh, we started this in one place and we ended up in a different place. Yeah, it was so much fun. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, I loved it.